message today is Jesus, friend with sinners. Hallelujah. And I would like to spend the next three hours and a half, right, Pastor? Three hours and a half about the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says that, that He called the stars by their name. I'd like to talk to you about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Morning Star, Emmanuel, God with us. And I, I love what the, what the um, Bishop Abraham was talking last week because I was like, that's my message. The Bible says in John 1 that uh, in the beginning, the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And then says, everything was created by Him, through Him, for Him. He's talking about the name of Jesus. And then says something very important. And says, in Him was life. And this life was the light of all men. Meaning that every person out there that doesn't know Jesus yet, Every person out there that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus out there is walking in darkness. Stumbling into the darkness. And Jesus said, I will go and save them all. I will go and die for them. That's the name that I want to talk to you about. The name of Jesus. And there is a song. It's a very famous song. that a group called uh, Casting Crowns. And it's called Jesus, Friend of Sinners. You guys ever heard it? Jesus, friend of sinners. Do, do you have that picture? And, and, and it says, Oh Jesus, friend of sinners, open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Let our heart be led by mercy. Let us reach with open hearts and open doors. Oh Jesus, friend of sinners, break our heart for what breaks yours. Hallelujah. And I want to, I wanna, basically, I want to base my whole sermon in that last phrase right there. Break or hard for what breaks yours. I was driving uh, work, listening to uh, music, praise and worship. I like to, it takes me an hour to get home because I work in the medical center. So in the morning, I like to put music and pray on my way there. And I was listening to this song, and, and it's not that I don't know that, that He died for sinners, that He loved sinners, but the Holy Spirit gave me like a fresh revelation of, of Jesus' heart. The whole point that, that, that the things that we're doing here right now, what, what we do on Wednesdays, is so that we can get to know Him more, and we can go outside and reach these people that are lost. Amen? And for us to understand what breaks God's uh, Jesus' heart. When I say when I say something breaks my heart, it's something that causes me pain. It's something that, that, that makes me feel grief, right? When we say that, that that breaks my heart. So for us to understand what breaks Jesus' heart, we need to go to the world, to the word. For those that don't know me, my first language is Spanish. So when I speak English, I sound like Tony Montana. So I hope that you don't mind. Just keep it in mind. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew 1, 21. Hallelujah. And it says, And she who she, Mary, and she, will, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, 
For He will save His people from their sins. How many are His people today? How many in this place are His people today? Let me tell you, if you are here today, I'm about to get emotional. It's because one day He finds out about you. And He forgives you. He makes you who you are. If you are here today, it's because one day you realize that you were a sinner and you needed a Savior. So what breaks Jesus' heart? The sinner, the people that are lost. You need to understand that for us, through the law, it was impossible. The Bible says, the Bible says that the law is like a mirror. How the mirror works. The mirror shows you the truth. Who you are. You look yourself in the mirror and, and you see all your flaws. You see that you're running out of hair. <laughs> that you have wrinkles. That you're overweight. Why? Because the mirror shows you the truth. The law of God is the same thing. Because He compared us to an absolutely perfect God. So it was no way for us. It was no way for us to be safe. You need to understand, even with the law, if I, pray, I prepare myself to go in the presence of God, and I'm going to do the, the best that I can to present myself clean, I can go there, and maybe today, just maybe, I'll be okay. But tomorrow I have to do the same thing again. And, and the next day the same thing again. Because the law is always asking for more. Grace provides you what you need. Let me, let me put it to you this way. Let's say that you're swimming in a pool and you're drowning and you're help. Please, someone help. And I come to you and I throw you a swimming menu. And you try to do it, you're dead. If you're drowning, you don't need a swimming menu. You need a savior. You need someone that rescued you. You need someone that swims for you. And that's what Jesus did for us. Oh, let me tell you, there is no sin, there is no condition that will take you away from Jesus. Jesus will go there and seek for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Do as you please today. Hallelujah. This is what the apostles say about this. First Timothy 1, 15, 16. First Timothy 1, 15, 16. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. Here's a trustworthy saying. They deserve full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners. Of whom I am the worst. This is the Apostle speaking. Of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I will show mercy. So that in me, the worst of sinners... Christ Jesus might displace His immense patience as an example there for those who will believe in Him and receive eternal life. So He's saying, Jesus came to this world to save sinners. Of whom, the Apostle is saying this, I am the worst, the worst of the sinners. But why? Why is saying this? Why He thinks He's the worst? Well, He, he talks a, a, about this a little more. In the, next, in the next verse, First Corinthians 15, 8-10. First Corinthians 15, 8-10 says, And last of all, last of the apostles, last of all, 
he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. This is why. This is why he thought he was the worst. But by grace of God I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I work harder than them all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, he, he thought he was the worst because he persecuted the church. And I was doing a little research to see if he actually killed people when he was persecuting the church. And honestly, I, I did not find anything. The closest thing that I found is that it says that we don't have any evidence that he killed anybody. But he was there. He was okay with it. So while people was burning alive, being stoned to death, the Apostle Paul was there and he was okay with it. That's why he thought that he was the worst. And then he says, he says at the beginning of that verse, he says, As to one abnormally born. What does that mean? As to one abnormally born. So I like how it says this in Spanish. The version in Spanish says, Like a child that is being given into abortion. When is a child, is there, when is a child giving into abortion? When nobody wants him. Not even, not even his mother, not even his, their, his family. No one. And, and, and the apostle says, nobody want me. Just like a child that has been given into abortion. And even like that, he reached to me. And he saved me. And he cleaned me. And he made me the man I am today. As an example, if he can do that to me, he can do, he can do it with anybody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's because every time, while Jesus walks on air, He teaches that God sees people in a different way we see people. That God measures people in a different way we, we measure people. To the point that the Bible says that, that the religious, the Pharisees, will ask His apostles like, why your teacher hang out with, with tax collectors and sinners? Another version says, why your teacher eat with such scum? So while the religious people so sinner as scum, did you know the meaning of the, the word scum? You know, my first language is Spanish, so I have to went to the dictionary and check. And this is what it says. Hallelujah. Scum meaning dirt, low, vile, or worthless person of group of people. Hallelujah. So while the religious people, the person that were supposed to bring people closer to God, so these people, these other people, the sinners, like scum, this is how Jesus saw them. Uh, Matthew 9, 11-13. Matthew 9, 11-13. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked His disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, He said, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. 
Then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifice. For I have come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who think are, but those who know they are sinners. So again, while religious people, so sinners like, like scump, like the dirt, like the vilest people, Jesus will go to them. Jesus will go to them and say, Hey, you want to be my friend? And they will say, but, but how? I'm too broken. I'm too dirty. I'm too filthy. What I have to do? And Jesus will say, Absolutely nothing. I will do everything for you. The only thing you have to do is recognize that you're a sinner and you need a Savior. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So while these people saw them like dirt, this is how Jesus saw them. Matthew 9.36. Matthew 9.36. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. This is something the Holy Spirit was, was teaching me while I was putting this message together. Why do the people out there, non-believers, behave the way they do? Sometimes we see non-believers and we get upset. How can they do that? How can they do that? How can they behave like that? Well, this is what the Holy Spirit teach me. Why they behave like that? Three things. Because they're confused. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. To them, doing the things they're doing is normal. That's all they know. They are confused. That's why you see a man wanted to be a woman. That's just why you see a woman wanted to be a man. Why? Because they're confused. Number two, they're helpless. They don't have anybody to help them. They don't have anybody to reach for them. And number three, because they're like sheep without a shepherd. Who is the good shepherd? Jesus. Remember John 1? And Him was life. And life was the light of man. So if you don't have Jesus in your heart, you don't have a shepherd, you stumble him into the darkness. Hallelujah. Can you guys see that? Can you guys understand that? When I ask you, when I ask you the meaning of the word friend for you, what is, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? And I say, what the word friend means to you? Would you say, well, somebody that loves me for who I am, somebody that understand me, somebody that will be with me in the good and the bad, somebody that support me. Well, this is the definition of a friend in the words of Jesus. John fifteen thirteen. John fifteen thirteen. Jesus says, There is no greater love than lay down one's life for one's friend. That's how Jesus sees people. Jesus asks you, you want to be my friend? And you say, yes, well, then I will die for you. I will clean you. I will make you a better person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a guy in, in the New Testament, very famous guy. His name is Zacchaeus. And if you've been in church for a long time, 
There is a song about Zacchaeus. You know, it says Zacchaeus was what? A wee little man. Oh, man, I knew it. A wee little man was he. He climbed what? A sycamore tree. I knew it. I knew it. Some of you guys, you guys, you still play that song. I know. I know. I, I mean, I know uh, Mr. Randy. He still pray with that song every morning. I know, Randy. Don't say no. So uh, this song, he, talk, he talks about a man named Zacchaeus. But Zacchaeus was not only a wee little man. He was a wicked little man. And people hate him because who he was. And we're about to talk about a little bit about him. But before we go there, you need to know three things about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, he was a traitor to his own people. Why? Because he chose to renounce his faith to go work for the Roman Empire. He said, you know what? I just don't believe what my people believe, I'm just going to go and work for the Romans and be a tax collector. And collect money that's going to an army that is oppressing his own people. So he was a traitor to his own kind. This, this is like a Jewish person in Nazi Germany. They will say, you know what, I just don't like what you guys are doing. I'm just going to go work for the Nazis. So his people hate him because of this. Number two, he was a thief and people fear him. Why he was a thief? Well, the Bible says that he was a tax collector, not only a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector, meaning that he's been doing this for years, maybe four, five, ten years. He probably have people working for him, collecting money, and he has the ability to take anything from you. Your mom's savings, your, your grandma's savings. Number three, he was very, very rich. That's what the Bible says. He was very, very rich. So it means while his people were suffering for the Roman Empire, under the Roman Empire, he was the guy that has the best house, he has the best food, he has the Lambo park outside of his house. He has the best camel, the best horse. So Zacchaeus was not a good person. Zacchaeus was a borderline criminal. He was a wicked person. Amen. Amen. And Jesus is about to have an encounter with him. Luke 19.11. Hallelujah. Luke 19.11. Thank you, Jesus, because you're so good. Holy Spirit, do as you please. If you're there, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, very important. And he has become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus. But he was too sure to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree besides the road. For Jesus was going to pass that way. So this is where we are in the story. Jesus was in his way to Jerusalem to die there. To fulfill the prophecy. But before he goes to Jerusalem, 
he goes to Jericho. And at this point, Jesus is very famous. He already resurrected Lazarus. He already performed a lot of miracles. So he's very famous. And everybody wants to be with Jesus. Every, everybody wants to touch him. Everybody has, wants to spend time with him. And Zacchaeus heard that Jesus is coming. Remember at this time, Zacchaeus is a traitor. He has no interest in Jewish culture. So he's just there, pure curiosity. So he goes there, number five. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be, I must be a guest in your home. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of, the notorious, of a notorious sinner, they grumble. So Jesus is coming into the town. People is gathering. It forms like a parade. Everybody wants to see Jesus. And Jesus go and see Zacchaeus and call him by name. How does that be like? Like famous people come into your town and he knows you by name. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down because I must. It was predestinated. He went to Jericho for Zacchaeus. Remember, Zacchaeus is an evil man. He went to Jericho. He said, I must go to your house today. So Zacchaeus being evil, Zacchaeus being wicked, he's like, ha, 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 you fools. You're all here because this guy, and he chose me. You hate me, and he chose me. Huh? Huh? How about that? Right? But the people were displeased. They were saying like, what, what are you doing, Jesus we're waiting for you here. What are you doing? You don't know who this man is? You don't know how he makes his money? You don't know how he paid for the food that you're about to eat? What are you doing, Jesus? People were very upset. So number six, no, number, number eight. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. There's something between seven and eight that the Bible is not giving us account. At number seven, Zacchaeus was an evil person. And at num in, in number eight, he's a totally different person. Can I, can I tell you what I think it happened? I think that, that Jesus went into Zacchaeus' house and to have dinner, to have lunch, to spend an hour, maybe four hours, maybe the whole afternoon. And I think Zacchaeus is sitting right next to Jesus and all of a sudden he's looking to the most compassionate eyes he ever saw in his life. And all of a sudden he starts feeling revelation that this so-called Jesus, he is who he say he is. That He is the Son of Man. The one who created all things. That all things were created by Him. And somehow, He don't feel condemnation. He feels this immense love. Somehow, He don't feel condemnation. He feels conviction. But that's the difference between Jesus and religion. Jesus will give you conviction. Religion will give you condemnation. And all of a sudden, He is in front of Jesus. 
And he feels this love. And he's thinking like, does Jesus know who I am? Does Jesus know what kind of person I am? Does Jesus know how I got my wealth? He does. And, and really the message of the Zacchaeus today is that before you do anything right, before you do anything right, guys, Jesus wants to spend time with you. That your sin, sin in general, anybody's sin, do not stop Jesus from seeking you. Think about this. He was an evil man. And Jesus chose to be with him. And number, and number eight says, wait, wait, hey, listen, everybody stop. I have to make a toast. Jesus, I'm changing everything. I'm changing everything, Jesus. I want to give half of my wealth to the poor. And if I stole anybody in their, tithes, in their taxes, I, I will give them four times. This is like, like somebody steal your stereo. Somebody steal your stereo, and he will go back to your house and be like, Hey, excuse me. Hey, listen, I stole your stereo. Here's your stereo back, and here's four more. And you're like, wait, huh, who are you? This, and what I want you to see in the story of Zacchaeus, guys, that Jesus do not care what kind of sin you are right now. He do not care. He will go where you are. And He will clean you. He will make you a better person. I want, you to, I want you to use me as an example. I was a drug dealer. I was a drug dealer. Some of you, how many of you know my testimony here? Like very little. I feel like one of these days on Sunday, I'm going to share it. I was a drug dealer. And to many people, I was the scorn of the earth. I deserve hell ten times. Because I was the worst. But Jesus, He did not see that. He loved me. He changed me. He cleansed me. He made me the man I am today. He gave me the family that I have. He gave me the kids that I, I see my sons playing right here. But it's only through His grace. So, how can we reach the lost? And the picture that we were promoting in, in Facebook says, how can we reach the lost? We reach the love, the lost with the love of Jesus. Not condemnation. Guys, this is not about religion. If this was religion, I would not be here today. I would spend, I'd be spending my Sunday somewhere else, grilling in the pool. But one day, one day he became real to me. And I know if you're here, it's because one day he became real to you. This is about the love of Jesus. That He loves you for who you are. Amen. It's not condemnation. It's not religion. It's not ten steps on how to be better. That stuff doesn't work. Amen. Zacchaeus was there. Listen, he went over there being a wicked person. And a couple of hours in the presence of Jesus making a totally new guy. He's like, I don't care about my riches anymore. Lord, if you want half of it, take it all. Love is what changed people. It's the love of Jesus that changed people. Think about this. When, when somebody pushes you to do something, all you do is get angry. When somebody brings condemnation to you, all, all that does is make your heart harder. Uh, the Bible says it, it makes it like a, like a stoning heart. 
But when you do things in love, when you get to know the name of Jesus, that stone heart, it becomes a heart of flesh. And then we do things willingly. Once I was having uh, dinner in my house with some friends. They got uh, over to the house and we were having dinner and we were talking about the grace of God. And she said to me, Jonathan, how am I supposed to tell my friend she lived with another woman? She's a lesbian. And how am I supposed to tell her that she's a sinner, that what she's doing, God is not okay with it? And I say, you don't have to. You don't have to. All you got to do is teach her the love of Jesus. And as she gets closer to Him, He's going to give her conviction and change her. So guys, what, what, what is our job as a Christian? Remember, we are Christians. What Christian means? We, it means followers of Christ. So what is our job? Our job is to bring the love of God to them. Some people will say no, and it's okay, but you are being obedient. You bring the love of God to them, and the Holy Spirit will do the rest. Remember, you are responsible for obedience. And the Holy Spirit is responsible for the results. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, number nine. Jesus responds. Salvation has come to this, play, uh, to this home today. For this man was shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man come to seek and save those who are lost. I love what he says at the beginning. He says, salvation has come to this place today. Who is salvation? Who is salvation? Jesus. So if we want to bring salvation to someone, what we should bring? The name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will do the rest. Hallelujah. I, ju I just want you, I just want you to remember who you were when you were lost. And I'm not, telling that you, I'm not telling you that you are a sinner. No. The Bible says that He cleaned you. That He make you a priest. He make you a, key, a king. He make you a son of God. So I'm not telling you that you are a sinner, a filthy rat. No. I'm telling you that remember your previous condition. And know that the people out there, they are like that. Bishop Abraham was saying, preachers, evangelists are still over there. In sin, stumbling into the darkness, and they need somebody to guide them with the light that you have inside. I want you to think about that. I want you to think your previous condition. And maybe you say, that's the thing, Jonathan, because I, I, I was not really a bad person. You were a drug dealer, but I was not. I was, I was really a good guy. I, I, just, needed, I just needed Jesus in my life. But, but the Bible doesn't say that it was good people and bad people. The Bible says that we were all sinners. That we all fall short from the glory of God. Think about the people in the story of Zacchaeus. They were saying, oh look, he went to, a, to the house of a notorious sinner. But if you think about it, they all were sinners. And they didn't see it that way. They were like, we're good for you, Jesus. He's not. Let me tell you, if you're seeing things like that, you're walking in a dangerous ground. There's no difference between sin for God, for Jesus. Before I was a believer, God was seeking me in the same way He was seeking Hitler. 
And I know for some of you guys, that's like, like, like hit you in the spirit. But that's the truth. Before you were saved, he was seeking you in the same way he was seeking Osama bin Laden. And any of the terrorists out there. Because for God, there's no difference between sin. So he wants you to remember your previous condition. And that he loved you the way you were. And he loved you and take you in and make you a son of God, a daughter of God. He wants you to remember that. And uh, some of you guys be like, well, Jonathan, everything you're saying is, is beautiful. And I understand, but, you know, I struggle so much with my Christianity. I, I have let down Jesus so much. I don't know if I can do this. I want you to think about Peter. Peter the Apostle. Excuse me. Can you guys put your hands together for Jesus in this place? Hallelujah. I want you to think about Peter. The Bible says that Peter was a common man. He had no studies, no preparation. He was a man like me. And uh, every time that Peter tried to make things on his own strength, he would screw up. The Bible says that one day... Jesus was, was telling the disciples what's going to happen to him. He was, I will go to Jerusalem, and in Jerusalem they will kill me. And Peter is like, no. No, sir. You're not doing that. You are not going to Jerusalem. And Jesus saw him and says, get behind me, Satan. Imagine how he fell in front of all the, the apostles, all the disciples. Get behind me, Satan. And Peter, in front of everybody, okay, I'm sorry. Another day, the Bible says that that the disciples were in a boat in the middle of a lake. And Jesus coming walking into the water. And they they saw the guy coming in the water. They said, he's a ghost. Who are we going to call? Ah, I knew it. I knew it. It's a ghost. And Jesus is like, I'm no ghost, you silly. It's me. It's me. Your master. And, and Peter is there trembling. He's like, if it's you, tell me to go with you. And Jesus said, come. And goes Peter. He's <laughs> and he's doing it. And all of a sudden, Start looking around him, and he start going down. And Jesus, oh Peter, you of little faith, why you down? Again, Peter is in trouble. And then one day, the guards from the temple they go to capture Jesus, to take him into his you know judgment. And Peter grabbed his knife and cut one of the guards' ear. Again, Peter. And this is what Jesus said to him. Put your sorrow, put your sorrow away. Should I not drink the cup that my father has given me? And again, Peter. Oh, gosh. But the one who drops the ball. Jesus, before this happened, he was telling the disciples how everybody... 
are going to leave him, abandon him. How he's going to be led alone. And Peter is like, no. No, sir. That's not happening. Maybe these cowards. Maybe them. But me, no. I will stay with you. And to the end, Lord, I will not leave you. And Jesus Oh, Peter. Let me tell you that, that before the rooster crow, crow, that's how you say it, right? Before the rooster crow, you will deny me three times. And that totally breaks Peter's heart. Because he happened, it was true. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that, that Peter went back to be a fisherman. He was so disappointed of himself. Every time I try to do things right, I just screw up. You know what? This Christianity stuff is not for me. You know what? This gospel preaching stuff is not for me. And the Bible says that he went back to be a a fisherman. He was so disappointed. And then Jesus resurrected. resurrected, And the Bible says that he went to see them. He was making breakfast for them. Imagine Jesus making breakfast for you. Hallelujah. Let's go there. Let's go there. John 21, 15. So at this point, John 21, 15, at this point Jesus is already back from, from the dead and He goes to see Peter and the others. And the Bible doesn't say anything about Jesus being upset with Peter. Doesn't say anything about calling Him out to, be, uh, to put Him in condemnation. He was making breakfast. He was making breakfast for them. Fish and bread. That's what I want tomorrow morning. Fish and bread. Hallelujah. Listen. John 21, 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? Yes, Lord. Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Feed my people. 16. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus says. Take care of my people. 17. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. That Jesus asked that question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus says, then feed my people. Feed my sheep. So today, it doesn't matter how many times you screw up. It doesn't matter how bad of a Christian you think you are. Jesus is asking you, do you love me? How many of you love Jesus in this place? Then feed my people. Take care of my people. Who is His people? Out there. Bring the good news. What's the good news? The good news is the sin is not a problem anymore. Jesus defeated sin and the Calvary cross. The problem is that people don't notice. We have to, guys... Jesus, the Jesus message is that He loves you for who you are. 
There is no condition. There is no sin. There is no problem. That He will forgive. He forgives everything. He loves you for who you are. Hallelujah. I'm almost, I'm almost done. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Who can give me five more minutes? Raise your hand. You can give me five, 10, 15, 20, 25. Hallelujah. I have like three more hours here. Hallelujah. Romans 10.14 Romans 10.14 It says, How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless, unless they are sent? It is written. How beautiful. Say with me, how beautiful. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I, I conclude with this. When the, when the terrorist attack happened in New York, that the Twin Towers fell down, the firefighters were working to save as many as they could. And one of the firefighters noticed that his best friend, another firefighter, was missing. So he goes to his boss and says, Hey, listen, my friend is missing. I need permission to go back to look for him. And his boss says, You know what? Don't do it. It's too dangerous. If you go, you probably die. He, he, he's probably already dead. Don't go. But he didn't listen to his boss. And he went, he went ahead and searched for his friend anyways. And the story says that two hours later, he come back with his friend. He was dead. He was carrying his friend on his shoulder. And the boss saw the situation and, and got upset and said, Why would you do that? Why would you risk your life to go there? And he said, When I got there, he was still alive. And he saw me and said, I knew you would come back for me. I knew you would come back for me. And then he passed. So I ask you today, how many people are waiting for you to come back? How many people are waiting for you to come back? That you know the truth. That you know the way. That you know the path to salvation. Please stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Musicians. I need your help, musicians. Hallelujah. I would like to do something prophetic today. I want you to think, at least for three, four minutes... I want you to think of people that you know that they're not safe today. And start calling them by name. Three, four times. Uh, three, four minutes. Guys, I want you to play something about Jesus. I want you to play something that will connect with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. So for three, four minutes, I want you to think about people that you know they need salvation. And start calling them by name.
Come on. God, thank you. Thank you for salvation. Lord, your, your word says that we have the ability to bind things in heaven and earth. And today we think about our friends, our family, that need salvation, that need you. Lord, my daughter Melanie, I declare salvation over her life. My brother Jairo, my brother Kaylor, my brother-in-law Jose, my sister-in-law Eileen. In the name of Jesus, we declare salvation. Come on, guys, let's push a little harder. Salvation is in this place. Salvation is in this place. Salvation is in this place. Broshe kere bekende. Broshe kere bekende. Broshe kere bekende rebekia. Broshe kere bekende. We declare salvation. We declare salvation. We speak salvation. Think about people that need salvation. Think about people that are stumbling in the darkness. We send the word. We send the word. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you don't know Jesus today, if you don't know Jesus today, I need everybody to bow down their heads. If you don't know Jesus today, Please don't live without Him. He is your Savior. He want to be your friend. He died for you. He will do anything for you. Church, I need the church praying. This is the most important time of the service. Today, someone can be go from death to life. Pray for salvation. If you need Jesus today, raise your hand. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. If you need Jesus today. He wants to be your Savior. He wants to be your friend. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is everybody already friend with Jesus? Is everybody friend with Jesus? Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. If you need prayer for anything, if you need prayer for anything, please come forward. We will pray for you. Prayer partners, you guys can come here and help us out. Anything, if you need prayer for anything, if you need to reconcile, you feel sick, if you're going through a situation, Jesus is here. He wants to save you. He wants to heal you. He wants to restore you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Lord, we are sorry that sometimes we don't see people the way you do. Lord, we